Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Howdy, y'all. This is Rhett Miller, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today on My Rock Moment. Okay, I am extremely excited and grateful for my network, Pantheon Podcast, because they are the reason I have on today's guests. Guy Pratt and Gary Kemp of Nick Mason's Saucerful of Secrets are joining me today. Now, Guy Pratt is an amazing session musician. He's worked with everybody from Madonna to Michael Jackson, and he toured with David Gilmour's Pink Floyd since the 80s. And Gary Kemp is the lead songwriter and bass player from the incredibly successful UK band, I'm sure you've heard of it, Spandau Ballet. Now, aside from their own stellar podcast called The Rockin' Tours, where they talk with every rock legend you could imagine, they now play in Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets. Now, Nick Mason, I'm sure you know him. He's the drummer of Pink Floyd for, say, oh, I don't know, the last 50-some-odd years. Now, Saucer Full of Secrets was formed by Nick a few years back, and they pay homage to the early work of Pink Floyd. So this is pre-Dark Side of the Moon days. These are the Sid Barrett years. And I caught up with Gary and Guy on opening night of their U.S. tour, and there was not a dull moment. I think I laughed the entire time. But I want you to listen up, guys, because in the episode, I mentioned how you can sign up to win VIP tickets for one of their concert dates. And as a diehard fan of Pink Floyd, it's a pretty cool little package you can win. So be sure to enter and listen straight through for the details. All right, let's get started. Hello, hello. No, like I said, it's a trip to see you guys both in front of me. And I know that, you know, we've got a limited amount of time. So I want to thank you for coming on My Rock Moment. And I know this is old hat for you because you've done probably 17 podcast interviews this morning. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you also have your own podcast, Rock on Tours, which is an amazing name. Uh, thank, thank you. you. 
Yeah. And you guys have had on some great guests. I mean, everybody, I mean, you know, speaks my language, everybody from Marianne Faithful to Mick Fleetwood. I even saw you had Billy Corgan on there and recently uh, Julian Lennon. I was listening to that one. So it's a really, it's really a great podcast. And I want to, I want to ask though, how did that come about? Was that a 2020 lockdown thing? No, 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 we started it before the first few we did were involved it was an absolute pain in the ass where we literally had to go into a studio in central london and have guests who were available at that time and could be bothered to come to meet it was i mean the way it's covid that made it sort of what it was because suddenly the world became zoom right but it started really when we were on tour with nick uh yeah the idea yeah because yeah like guy and i quite like banter we like joking we love rock music we love we, we yeah. were watching an old gray whistle your listeners won't know this dvd <laughs> and you know we just we love all these old bands and and i don't know someone some you know in the old days people would have say you two get a room now they say you two get a podcast you know so we got a <laughs> and you did <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but this this friendship went back well before saucer full of secrets this wasn't a 2017 2018 thing you no, guys no, no, each no, other no, for no. decades <laughs> i was unfortunate enough to meet him in the <laughs> 80s um <laughs> When you were with Fanda, wait, no. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So tell yeah, me the no, story. Do you know what? No, it was quite was quite sweet. I'll tell you the story. Was that um, because we actually went back there. Uh, we've actually been um, uh, just a couple of months ago. We met in Budapest in 1984 when it was still fully Soviet. And, we had, and we were both playing this massive gig, which turned out to be a TV show mime for German television. And Gary was headlining Spanner Ballet. Although we were, I was co-headlining with um, the Australian band Ice House. Who had a massive hit in, in Germany at the time. Yeah, you know I the would... Ice House songs from after yeah. I left when they were rubbish. <laughs> no, but Guy and I have been friends for a long time. And I think we've been looking for yeah, different yeah. projects to work on. I mean, we've written two yeah. musicals together back in the 90s. Uh, one of which actually had some performances at the National Theatre uh, in yeah. London. And um, and it's still performed by schools. And it w- was written for schools. So Really, this was, you know, I think Source of Four has been the chance for us to properly... You know, spend time together to be creative together, and and to work with someone who's been a friend of of mine for about twenty years, a friend of guys for much much longer, uh, the great Nick Mason, mm. and to play this 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 music that is has been so special in my life growing up as a, as a teenager. So there's my question for you. Okay, so you're both seasoned musicians. I mean, you know, Spandau Ballet, Guy, I know you played with Michael Jackson, you played with Madonna, you guys have had some, you know, prolific careers. You've been playing Guy with Pink Floyd for some time, but I would love to know, I would love for you both to tell me about playing these songs for the first time live. Was that not a nerve wracking experience to go up on stage and perform these masterpieces in front of all these people that are diehard people. I think, I think, I think Echoes was, Guy, wasn't it? It's fair enough to Echoes say. Echoes was. Echoes was the only time, because the whole thing with this band is that, apart from the fact it's with Nick, my Pink Floyd heritage is kind of out of it. I've only ever played two of these songs before live. You know, I had when we started. So these were all fresh songs. So it was, and I'd never played with Nick on his own. I've never played with Nick without another, without Gary Wallace. So I and I've never played with him without all the bells and whistles and this, you know, and being a tiny cog in a, in a machine. And it's like, you know, Pink Floyd is like an airliner for everything that goes wrong. There's nine failsafe mechanisms. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> like, 
And um, so but to be exposed in this little pop group, playing this music, which is, you know, which I also think there's a thing of, you know, because so few other people, Pink Floyd played it not that often and it hasn't been played by tribute bands so it's kind of it hasn't been worn out i'm sure things happen to even music it gets worn out if too many but, people play but, it but echoes was was i think there was a lot of weight and a lot of expectation from there's a lot and... of weight on that because that's the proper that's imperial that's the start of imperial period pink Floyd. yeah you're right and i have played that and i have played that one before and it was all very very loaded because that was david and rick and it was one of the important things and it was also it was the last tour that rick ever did and it was all about re-establishing in people's heads that actually what people forget with all the arguments about what is and isn't pink floyd that the musical conversation in pink floyd was about david and rick you mm -hmm. know and there's not enough credence given to that so yeah. uh, that was that was very weighted for me also singing it for Gary and I to sing it, which is, I've got to say, one of my proudest accomplishments ever, probably, is the way we sing the song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, th I think it's, um, you know, there's there's the later period, which, you know, there are guitar solos, which when every single tribute band or anyone who plays it has to play them note for note because everyone knows them. They're known like yep. Shakespearean soliloquies. So they're expecting the earlier stuff that we did was much more flexible you know we were allowed to to really mess with the arrangements as much as we felt that we you know possible and for a start we've got nick mason on stage and if he's giving it the validation we could do what we want you know we're not a tribute group but when we when we come to echoes obviously there's a lot more knowledge from the from the audience we've had nothing but incredible emotional feedback yeah. from doing that every night um people are I mean, the, the you can hear a pin drop mm -hmm. when when it begins. It's it's and the intake of breath as people are sort of getting ready to hear what what you know they've probably spent their money on. Um, and I think one of the beauties and uh, beautiful things about being in this group is we can have a lot of fun uh, with the, with with songs that Sid Barrett created. Oh, and God. we are quite you know we we're our, we're very strong personalities on stage. We certainly don't shoegaze. And yet we can get into the rather, you know, the, the gravitas of a, of a track like Echoes. Hey guys, I hate to interrupt Echoes, but I have an announcement. My Rock Moment and Pantheon Podcast are giving away an exclusive VIP experience to see Nick Mason's Saucerful of Secrets. Now this VIP experience includes a pair of front row tickets, exclusive VIP merch, on-site perks, and there are a few other surprises for you as well. 
Now you can buy your tickets at thesaucerfullofsecrets.com. Then head over to pantheonpodcasts.com backslash Nick Mason to enter. And don't worry, you can find these links and all the details in the show description. What's more is if you're headed to the Santa Barbara show on Wednesday, October 26th, I'll be there and I would love to meet you. I'll be at the Pantheon podcast booth, so it should be easy to find me. So again, purchase those tickets at thesaucerfullofsecrets.com and then head over to pantheonpodcast.com backslash Nick Mason to enter to win this VIP package. And if you're in Santa Barbara and that date works for you, come find me and say hello. I would absolutely love it. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Well, I think the, the, the very fact that we've sailed through unscathed from because there is no bigger can of worms on earth to open than the Pink Floyd fans yeah, on social know. media. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, now you're doing pre-Dark Side of the Moon and all that, but I was a 15-year-old girl, and granted, I knew I was different early on, but one of the first bands that I listened to from beginning to end, which didn't bore me, which didn't lose me in any way, was Dark Side of the Moon, and that opened up my world you know, to, to Pink Floyd, essentially, and all the stuff they had done prior and who was Sid Barrett and why was he there and why was the sound different, you know, and all that coming in. So as a deep fan, I can imagine going to a concert like this and there are expectations, you know, and then you stepping on the stage like that. I mean, God. Yeah. Yeah, You know what? I think we feel very connected to, to the history of the band, you know, not only as guy played in Pink Floyd world for, for, 30 odd years yeah but you know this is a band that uh were created just a few streets away from where i grew up you know in oh. a club called the ufo club on tottenham court road i live around the corner from there now um they were part of the whole psychedelic movement um sid barrett was a massive influence on david bowie david bowie was one of the first artists i ever fell in love with david uh, you know, was the first David's version of C. Emily Play was the first version I ever heard. Just 10 years after Pink Floyd found themselves in this club, in the UFO club, I was starting to go to clubs in London and forming Spandau Ballet. And we formed in a club just literally half, you know, a mile away from the UFO club. Um, so I think that world of, of, of yeah. bands and clubs and London music, it's it it doesn't it feels really close to who we are as people sure sure it's part but of Gary, the I remember you, you said you had pit there were people at blitz who had been at the ufo club yeah right? ab- absolutely yeah. The, the, dougie fields who was a blitz kid and you know hung out with all us lot when we first started and saw the early span stuff he it was his flat that sid was p- pictured on on the floor for his first the solo famous album. mick rock photos yeah yeah it's oh, incredible yeah. So like I said, it's it's really part of your heritage, essentially, you know, yeah. your history and you guys coming together, 1718, to create Saucer Full of Secrets. What was that like? Did you feel the synergy instantly where you're like, oh, this is going to work. This is a great lineup. No, I mean, it, you it two was, definitely. But <laughs> yeah. And it, no, it was certainly this is going to be fun. This yeah. seems like fun because I, I mean, I can't remember. We got into a room. Um I think uh, uh, Interstellar, Interstellar was the first thing we played, wasn't it, Gary? Yeah, that. Yeah, I wasn't think it was that and CM. Which is brilliant because all you got to do is learn a riff and then mess about. 
Yeah, 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 so it's yeah, actually yeah. probably a really bad idea to do that and think, yeah, we can start a band here. It's like, mate, you just, just learned a riff and messed about. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but but then, yeah, and then, and, but the fact that we did start it at Dingwalls mm-hmm. and then the half minute, we, we started in one of the old sort of, you know, grungy rock clubs in London. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, admittedly, we but went I, immediately to theatre. That was a but, sort of microwave career path, but it was, yes. it started <laughs> in, it, it started in the right place, you know. Yeah, but I remember, I, Guy, at that, that first rehearsal, you know, that I've known Nick for a long time and obviously felt comfortable in his presence, but certainly doing those songs that, he probably hadn't played for for years because they they were dropped from the Pink Floyd canon. You know, I don't think yeah. set, don't think set the controls was done for a long time. Knowing that what it meant to him, and I think all eyes were on him at the end. You know, it was the the, the four of us were looking at Nick, thinking, "Well, mm. what do you think? Do you want to try this again?" And he said, <laughs> "Same time tomorrow, chaps." Uh, <laughs> and uh, and, it, and we continued. And of course, we were all busy, but unfortunately, we all had appointments. <laughs> with with so the day after that. <laughs> oh God, that's great! And here you are, four or five years later. Here we are. Yeah, uh, we got held. Boston. We got held up a bit through COVID. Obviously, this was a tour. Yeah. This American tour was actually uh, announced. I think nearly three years ago. Um, this is the third rescheduling. Yeah, we're still fighting against things like uh, there was one theater which still said masks must be worn, and it's you know. Oh God, so, was it in California? No, no, it was a mistake. It was a hangover on the website yeah. from um, from uh, you know when it was first announced or oh, okay. first moved from the before rather. time. <laughs> <laughs> and your first show is tonight. It is. Yeah. It is tonight. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> How yes. you feeling? You ready? I think so. I'm really. I mean, kind of. Ex- I don't know. Yeah, exciting. <gasps> very, very exciting. Okay, no, very it's, because we did this. We did this mad, you know, our European tour was, I mean, it was insane. We did 60 shows in 90 days in 29 countries. So we have a good muscle I mean, was, memory. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was really joyful. We we spent the day teching yesterday. We hadn't played together for since July. And, oh, it just, it felt fresh. It felt, you know, I, I think we all came to it with, with a lot more joy and less fear. Um, we were very tired by the end of that European tour, and, 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 and we're definitely. Yeah. It, it, it was it was great yesterday. I'm, I'm really looking forward to tonight. I oh, really am, and I'm looking forward to, to you know the American appreciation of of what we do because we got such yeah. a great reaction when we were here um, in in 2019, and I think there's you know there's a there's a there's a great appreciation of of, of, of British music. And of Nick in particular, Nick, you know, Nick chats quite a bit on this show. You know, he talks and tells stories, um, and 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 I think you know, part of Nick's humour is always a surprise to a lot of those Pink Floyd aficionados who think that they're you know what the people are very serious and political and dour. Uh, <laughs> Nick Nick's a very light-hearted chap, and he, he talks very fondly of Sid Barrett while on stage. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm going to see you guys in Santa Barbara, so I'm excited to see the show. I can't wait. And I've already listened to a couple of your European performances online, so (laughs) I know what I'm getting into. I'm excited. Just 
But given that this is my rock moment, and I had mentioned the premise to Gary, Guy, my rock moment essentially, the show itself celebrates, you know, those rock moments that you'll never forget. Whether you were a kid and you saw, you know, a band, you were front row and it made you forever a fan or an album that you heard, you know, that's what this show really celebrates. So I have to ask you, you both, I guess, what were the moments that maybe made you decide, yep, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Some unforgettable moments from the road. Wow. Uh, I, for, for guys, I know, I know. I've, I've just got, it's like, it. you know, what, what do you want? You want Venice? You want Versailles? You want, guy, you know, guy, you want... why, why don't you do your stand-up stand up, uh, kind of encore? No, 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 I've got my rock <laughs> moment. I've got, I, 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 because I, the exact moment I wanted to become a musician, I've got it. I mean, it's it's an absolutely etched-in-time thing, which was on a family holiday in a place called Hollyhead up in North Wales. And I had two cousins. I had a good cousin and a bad cousin. It was like cartoonish. It was so, the good one has gone off to become he's actually became one of the top stunt directors in hollywood okay. um uh yeah he used to do all of mel gibson's stunts and everything he was the guy in cliffhanger who actually went between the two planes yeah, um, yeah. over the alps yeah that was my cousin Jeez. um and That's he's fun. not the one who bullied me into smoking it was the other one who bullied me into smoking right and so i start i started smoking you know and it was annoying because i'd missed it everyone at school who was going to smoke was already smoking I'd this is it. your rock yeah. moment smoking Yes, because, no, because after, after three days of smoking, I took one down for the first time ever. And I felt totally sick and nauseous. And we were at their house and I went upstairs and had to lie down on his bed. And when I woke up about 10 minutes later, still the room still spinning, there was a cassette player next to me, a TC-68 Sony. And I was obsessed with cassette players. And I just happened to hit play. And Barbara O'Reilly started. And that was it. End of. Wow. Oh, you had a, nicot yeah. so a nicotine I, rush. That's when I decided. Nicotine, right? Yeah. So my my first musical epiphany was a drug induced experience. There you go. <laughs> so cliche. Uh, that's when I decided <laughs> I, I wanted to be. I'd never heard that. So I, I love Bowie and stuff like that already, but it was just something about the intent. In it. I'd never heard anything like it. And I just thought I want to do something where people. What, what mean brand that was much. it? Because they could make a hell of a lot of advertising out of this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was probably number six or something, wasn't it? Consulate <laughs> embassy. <laughs> you should, I know it was so a Sobrani cocktail, wasn't it? <laughs> no, that was your lot. That was your lot. That's down the blitz you got into that lot. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um you want mine? Well, I you know, of course I could say when I saw the sex pistol supported by the clash in 1976, blah blah oh, blah. Did actually change my life because I I I dumped the old band I was with and, and formed a new band immediately when we went back to school. Did you throw out your we... flares? Of course I threw out my flares. I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I threw out my brown furniture. And <laughs> I, I, uh, the cheese I, cloth. Oh, hang on. I'm getting myself mixed up with John Ruskin. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Not uh, again. But, right. I'm going to tell you what my rock and roll moment was. Um, I'd already, I'd seen Bowie at Hammersmith Odeon, uh, and he retired Ziggy. And no one thought that was going to happen again. No one really knew what was going to happen. But I I found out that there was he was doing this show for NBC at the Marquee Club in London. 
Mm. Um, and it, it, it was going to be called the 1980 Floor Show because he'd been working on this album called 1984, it was going to be called, I think, which has ended up becoming Diamond Dogs. Mm. And it was Mick Ronson was going to play. It was, it was going to be, and Trevor Boulder was going to play. Woody didn't play. A guy called Ainsley Dunbar played. Uh, but Mick Garson played. It was, and he was basically looking like a lad insane. So he, he was still mm. Ziggy Stardust. Yep. And and there were only 200 uh, tickets and I got one and I uh, queued up. Uh, all, it was a Sunday it was on for somebody, I, I don't know what. And I queued up on, in the streets of Soho, got in and I managed to get down to the front row. And so it is one of those front row moments, I'm afraid. <clears throat> I was right in front of Mick Ronson and it, they were shooting all day. So uh, he would start numbers and restart them and Marianne Faithful came on and they sang oh. I Got You Babe together and th- we we were because we were Bowie kids we all had bangles on our arms because yep. Bowie used to wear these bangles so he's got he's got no eyebrows right he's got this orange thing in front of, on his head he's got, you know he's doing the whole thing he's he's Aladdin same and the number they're, they're messing around during a break and uh, and I called him over David 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 and I handed up my bangle to him and he knelt down right in front of me and he looked me straight in the eyes. And there, for a sudden, no one else existed on the planet. It was just me and David. And I passed my bangle over to David and he said, thank you. And he put it on his dr- on the drum kit. He's probably still got it. Now, well, he probably still had it until he died. It, may, it could well have to be an A in the collection. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, it, it speaks volumes about David because he was famously, you know, he ple- he was a great people pleaser and he, you know, he'd, he'd fail on record deals and he'd get another record deal or fail again and get another record deal. And he was just great, that great flirtatious moment that I had with him and I never forgot it. That's a great one. Can I tell you my Bowie moment then? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, you played with him, right? Well, I did, well, I played, but yeah, but with, well, I mean, you know, with David Gilmore and I, uh, the Ice House opened up for him. But we played at that Milton Keynes show in 83. My was in 2006 when he came and played, did Arnold Lane with David Gilmore at the Royal Albert Hall, which is his last ever public live performance. I'd had a picture taken with him on those, that back in Germany in 1983. For some reason, a photographer had showed up in catering and he grabbed me and said, I think you should be in this. And so I'd adopted this post. So I went, oh, oh startled thing and so and i still have the picture my mum had the picture obviously of me with david bowie and carmine rojas and tony thompson his rhythm section and when i was writing my book when we when we did the 2006 tour with david and after he'd sound checked with us we did a sort of team photo and uh, i said david i hope you don't mind but um I'm, i just want to recreate a picture you and you won't remember this but we had a picture taken together back in 1984 and he went all right well 1983 in fact and um <laughs> So he came, stood next to me. Brian Rasick, the photographer, is there. He stands next to me. And I go, all right, pulled the same pose. And he went, I remember that picture. <laughs> so no, he said, Ice House, Germany, 1983. What? He said, I was wearing this scarf. But fuck, do you know what? I'm pretty sure there was some haberdashery involved. <laughs> so I, I rushed back to my mum's and I find the picture and complete bollocks. I wasn't wearing a scarf at all. <laughs> do you think he, re- he did remember it, though? He said it. He said Ice House, Germany, 1983. Oh, he my God. G- yeah. Guy and I went to see the Bowie film last night. Yeah, no, Brett Morgan. Yeah. We saw it in IMAX. It's amazing. Absolutely. Phenomenal. The, we were, the fever dream away. of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fever dream. 
I mean, it takes everything out of you, by the way. It's sensory overload. It's exhausting. It's, it's exhausting. In, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Oh, it is exhausting. It's, it's an incredible eulogy. What'd you say? Yeah. It's a eulogy. It's incredible. It's a eulogy. And it was a trip because I went to see it when I, with none other than, I don't know if you know him, Rodney Bingenheimer. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Rodney's English disco. God Rodney on yes. the rock. Yes. Think? There were a few of us that went. And, you know, when the when the movie ended, everybody sat there and we all just kind of looked at him. <laughs> we were trying to gauge his reaction. But it was a trip, you know, to see it with somebody who had had you know, a bit of a history with David Bowie and had really brought yeah. him into the fold in LA yeah. back in the day, whether David Bowie liked LA or not, you know, but it, it was, it was a well, lot. Well, that's of- addressed very well in the film, isn't it? Oh yeah. How, I mean, it was interesting how it was LA that drove him to Berlin. There's a fly in my milk. Yeah, yeah there's exactly. a fly in my milk. <laughs> and on Yentop, yeah. Yep. But I under, those are great moments. And I understand that feeling where time stands still. And you guys are going to laugh at me because I had that time stands still moment. And I had it when I was 12 years old, when I went to my very first concert and that very first concert was the monkeys. Oh, I walked wow. Up, uh-huh. I get, no, I, you, I get it. I get it. I walked up to the front of the row, like the, you know, the very top row up there. And there were girls throwing bras, throwing underwear. I'm 12, so I got nothing. And Peter Tork <laughs> walks over, reaches his hand out, and I give him my hand, and he kisses my hand. Oh, I go. cannot tell you that 12 years old is a real pivotal age. I actually can't believe you're telling me the story because you do not look old enough to be at that concert. Right? <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, is that some sort of 80s comeback or something? <laughs> It was 1991. <laughs> 1991. Okay. Uh, right, there right, you go. Right, Thank right, God. Right. Well done. Well done. Good, sir. Good save, Gary. Good save. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, it's all right. <laughs> no, but also because I only I only found out like last week or the week before that last train to Clarksville is an anti-Vietnam protest song. I mean, they were practically the Clash. Yep. Yeah. 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 In a, in a because more commercialized Clarksville is the way. station. Yeah. Clarksville, Clarksville was the station you got to when you went to train with the 101st Airborne. So that's, that's so that's, that's what I was come, reading, and and I teach rock up. history, yeah. so the, the kids are learning about the monkeys now. But you know, it's interesting. But they they packaged it in a little bit more, you know, commercially, uh, father knows bestie way. <laughs> oh that's man, I don't want to keep you guys. I know you've got things to do, but this has been so much fun. It was so great to meet both of you, um, and I appreciate you, you know, fitting me in. And I know this is your very last one, so you know. You I can know, and uh, you'd never know I hate him, would you? You'd never know. We're so no, good at covering good. up how much we hate each We've other. We've both got such no. good acting chops. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> no, it seems like uh, there's like, a lot. We're like of one of those old. We're like one of those old Hollywood marriages. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you detest each other, but you the, don't know how the, to function yeah, without each the, other. It's for the studio, you know. <laughs> it's a la- it's a lavender marriage, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm well, the beard. Whatever it so is, I'm the beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Regardless, it's working well. So, <laughs> guy, I think we should get ourselves on the rock on tours. Yeah, no, yeah really? Who up here? <laughs> anyway, anyway, we had one of our heroes on. We got one of our heroes coming up uh, this week. I think. Uh, well, yeah, maybe it's already been on. Maybe you can already get it. It would have uh, already been on. Yeah. It's Noddy Holder from Slade. Absolutely fantastic to talk to him. Oh God, I bet. I bet <clears throat> that's coming. That's your next episode. 
Or, yeah. Well, it's, Although, it, by the time I probably I'm not sure when the, this, this comes out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'll have been out probably. Yeah. But good luck tonight, and I will see you guys in Santa Barbara. See you there. We look Thank forward you. to it. Thank you. Cheers, Amanda. All right, a big thank you to Guy Pratt and Gary Kemp for finding the time on the opening day of their U.S. tour to visit with My Rock Moment. And guys, be sure to check out the show notes for details on how you can win a pair of VIP tickets to one of Nick Mason's Saucerful of Secrets tour dates. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, follow me on Instagram at LA Woman Rocks for all those rare classic rock photos. Drop me a line if you like. That is all for now. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the next episode. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.